Amen. Well, um, we've heard good preaching this week, I tell you that. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been blessed ever since last weekend. Uh, Brother Richards is here, and we were over at his revival meetings over at his church, and that was a blessing, and then kind of rolling into this week, and then we got Brother Tom Stiles coming, and so like, it just keeps on rolling, and and uh, it's, it's, it's great. Um, uh, you know... Coming back from Youth Ablaze this year has been a little bit different for me this year than times past. Uh, things just, uh, I mean, just being 100 with you, 100% honest, it's just one of those things that I've really uh, found that uh, I've been getting a blessing in him and it just keeps rolling in and rolling and rolling and just compounding and compounding. And I know, uh, I can't believe it, it's already almost a month away. It's already drawing to the end of March, or March 23rd. It's just so wild. We're already a quarter through this year, when you think about it. <laughs> uh, but the Lord's been good. And um, But you can go ahead and open up your Bible to Revelation. Um, Revelation chapter 4. And uh, if anybody here know, knows me and has known me very long, I do have a favorite verse in the Bible. And... I have a favorite song that we just sang, and, uh, and they, they go together perfectly uh, because he is worthy. <laughs> He's worthy of our praise. And uh, I really was praying and asking the Lord what he wanted me to preach and, uh, for this week, and I really was searching the Holy Spirit and trying to find what he wanted. And he just kept bringing to my mind, he is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. So I'm going to preach tonight on he is worthy. And uh, we've preached a lot of messages already this week about uh, just trying to find the right man, right? God, God's looking for the right man with the right heart attitude, and you find that right heart attitude and the right man, and he could do something for the Lord. And then it's time to break up your fallow ground with Brother James. And I know Pastor Kenny already kind of went over it yesterday, and but all the messages just, just keep on rolling and, and building onto doing something for the Lord. And then Gabe's message tonight is about having faith. Ha- having, if you just have faith in the size of a mustard seed, what great things you could do for him if you just allow him to do it. And, you're, and it's so true. It's, it's so true. You are the only person who can hinder the Lord from using you. Uh, he can do great things through you, but you are the one who's going to hinder that. Uh, so you might as well give it all over to him. But if you, uh, turn to Revelation chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 11. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And like I said, we've preached a lot of things about how we're supposed to live and serve God and the different benefits that he's given to us and how we can accomplish those things. But I want to preach a little bit tonight on why we do it, why we do the things that we do, why we put our faith in God, allow him to use us, because he is worthy. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this, Lord, this night, this week of meetings. And uh, Lord, you are a great God, and you are worthy to be served, you're worthy to be sung about, and you're worthy to be preached about. And I just pray that you'd guide my thoughts, my heart, my tongue. Help me to preach exactly what you'd have me to preach tonight. Lord, it's for your honor and your glory alone. And Lord, if some, some get a blessing out of it, Lord, that's just a bonus. 
But Lord, I just pray you'd speak to us. I pray that you'd meet with us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to praise the Lord tonight. I'm going to preach on why we get to serve, why we serve him, uh, because he is worthy. And the first thing we're going to look at is Genesis 1-1. Genesis 1-1, it's a good place to start. Uh, it's a good place to start uh, <laughs> in your Bible. In verse number one, in the beginning, God, right there, in the beginning, God, there was nothing before him, nothing after. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we can preach on just that right there. Uh, he is the creator. He is worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be preached about. He's worthy to be sung about because, number one, he is the creator. He is our creator, God. And go to John 1 1. You don't have to turn there for sake of time, but in John 1 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, it, 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 they start uh, very similar, but he is worthy to be served because he is a great creator. Uh, he created everything that you see here, the, the universe. He created everything you see and everything you can't see, everything that you don't see, everything that you don't even know about. The stuff, there are stuff out there that you and I can't even fathom. Our God created those things too. I love how he throws in there how he created the stars also. Just a little something extra. He's like, yeah, I did that too. And we, we think about it, and you got all the astrologers and scientists of the world, they look at those things like, oh, it's so amazing, and it's an ever-expanding expanse, and blah, 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 and all this stuff. But it's like, God just made the stars also. <laughs> because his word and his glory and how great and how powerful he is, in the beginning was the word. How did God, how, how was it, it was spoken into existence through the word, the power that God has in his word. He just says, oh, put the stars out there also, and they are there. Just a spoken word. He is worthy to be served because he is our creator. Uh, turn over to Revelation chapter 22 real quick. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Look at verse 13. Revelation 22 verse 13. I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and end, the first and the last. We look there in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, well, he is the alpha. He is there at the beginning, and he'll be there at the end. There is nothing that came before him, and there's nothing that, uh, that's going to last after him. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is our, our creator God. And this world, this world doesn't want to believe that are in a powerful God. They don't want to believe that in a creator God uh, and, and a powerful God out there because they got something to worry about if, if there is one. <laughs> uh, turn over to Isaiah chapter 45. Uh, man, when, uh, Pastor Kenny was uh, preaching at the, uh, at the revival meetings a little bit. It just got me stirred up because I love that passage um, in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 45. Look at verse. Verses five. We're going to look at starting in verse number five. Isaiah 45, starting in verse five. I am the Lord, and there is none else. <laughs> Man. Man, I remember listening to a message by Brother Peacock years and years ago, and he preached a sermon on there is a God, and there is none else. He is a God, and there is nobody beside him. Because there is, none, there is no equal to him, he is God, and there is nobody else beside him. I girded thee though thou hast not known me. 
that they may know me from the rising of the sun and from the west, and there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I made peace and created evil and create evil. I, the Lord, do all things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above. Let the skies pour down righteousness. Let earth open and let them bring forth salvation. And let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Do you, want to, you want to know why this world doesn't want to believe in a creator God? It's because someday they will be held accountable. They don't want to believe. If they, if they believe in a creator God, then they must believe that if there's a God out there, then there is a law. There is a law that he has given to us, and you will be held accountable to that law. Man doesn't want to be held accountable to that law. They don't want to be held accountable to God. He is worthy to be served because he is a creator God. Not only did he create earth and heaven and, and everything you see and don't see, but he also created you. And not only did he create you, but he created you with a free will. <laughs> you look at any invention that's ever been created out here by man, and that invention, and that thing that man has designed and created, it does exactly what it's told to do. You are a creation by a creator God designed to have a free will to choose to do whatever you want to do. He created you and he put you here. You were born and put on this earth and you can choose whether or not you're going to love God or reject God. And you know what's very sad as we come to realize is that at the, even at the very beginning, man rejects God. But he created us and designed us to have a free will. If you look at now, um, you can turn over there real quick, real quick, to Romans chapter 7. He gives, gives us this free will, and he just talks about this constant battle that we go through. In Romans chapter 7, we're constantly, those of us who are saved in here, we, we, we deal with this battle all the time. Battling our flesh and the spirit. Revelation chapter 7, verse 17. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not do, that I do. Now if I do that that I would not, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of good after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I, may, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. That just tells you right there that constant battle of the flesh and the sin and the different things, the choices that you get to make, the free will that God has given you, and so many times there are so many things that we want to do in our spirit and we want to serve the Lord and give the Lord our all, and yet our flesh is constantly fighting us and telling us, no, you want something else. 
But God gave us that free will and to make those choices. I tell my teens all the time, I said, your Christian life is a moment-by-moment decision. Every thought that comes into your mind, every decision that you make, being if you're going to choose to be a Christian, you're going to choose to serve the Lord, it's a moment-by-moment decision. And you need to choose the Lord. Why is he worthy? Because he is our creator. Our creator is worthy. Number two, he is not just our creator, but turn over to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And let them, I'm sorry. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden and dressed it to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. There's that free choice. But of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So with that free will that God gave us and he created man, he put him in the garden and he gave him, gave him a law and gave him a commandment and told him what, not, what he, he could do and what he could not do. But notice, man was not bound by what God said. He gave him that law, but we know what happened. Man chose out of his free will to sin against God. Why is he worthy to be praised? Because not only was he our creator God, but he is our redeemer God. Uh, we made a choice and we made a sin and we, and, and we made that, and Adam made that mistake and, and chose sin. And just like you, uh, when you were born into this world, you're born in a, a sinful nature. And guess what? You still got to have a choice you make. You can choose to sin or not sin. And we chose to sin. With that free will, we chose to sin. But God gave us a way to be free from that burden of sin. He is our Redeemer, God. He is worthy to be served because he sent us his only begotten son. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The most important thing, the most holy thing, the most precious thing that he had was sending his only begotten son to take your punishment on the cross for his, so that you could have a chance to have your sins forgiven and restore that fellowship with God the Father. He is worthy because he is our redeemer. He was willing to take that perfect and sinless lamb, the lamb of God, and with all the dirt and the filth of this world and put it all upon that lamb, and he did it for us. He is worthy because he is our redeemer. Turn over to Psalms chapter 86. Psalms chapter 86. Psalms chapter 86. Starting in verse, one, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, 
and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. He is, your, he is worthy to be served because he is a redeemer God who saved you from the lowest hell. And his mercy endureth forever. Oh, man, that, it's his mercy is, what, is, what, is the reason that you have salvation. His mercy that he poured out, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, and poured out his, his mercy on you, the human race. He poured out his wrath on his son so that he could show you mercy. Not only did he die for our sin, <laughs> turn over to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. You know, he didn't just die for our sins. Because you know what? Death couldn't keep him. <laughs> Death couldn't hold him. Revelation chapter 1, and verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys and hell of death. Uh, of hell and death, of death. Man, he was dead, but death couldn't hold him. <laughs> death couldn't keep him. He, he is alive. You, you serve a living God. All the other gods, all the other false prophets are out there. They're dead. They're buried in a grave. You can find their grave. You may not, well, physically, you may not be able to personally find it, but there's a grave out there where those bodies are in. But, G, but Jesus Christ is alive. He is, worthy, he is worthy to be served. It's worthy to go out on your daily life and choose him and choose to serve him and to love him and, and give your entire life, devote to your life and have faith in him. He is worthy because he's your redeemer. You deserved a devil's hell because of your choices and choosing sin, but he redeemed you through his son. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't just do it for himself. He was obedient to his father. One of those, th that's the things that we need to continue to learn, like Brother Gabe was talking about in our faith, is being obedient to our father. Saying, he, he is worthy because he is our redeemer. Our redeemer is worthy. And lastly, number three here, turn over to Psalms chapter 68. Pastor hit on this just last night. But I love this verse. Psalm chapter 68. It's so true, and we take it for granted, and we forget about it so easy, so easily. But in Psalm chapter 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Not only is he your creator God, he is your redeemer God, but he's your provider. <laughs> he's your provider, God. He provides everything that you could ever possibly need. He, 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 he created you, and then he lost you. Then he saved you and got you back. All right, he sent a way to save you and to get that relationship back with you, but not only has he saved you and, and now you have an eternity in heaven, but he daily loadeth you with benefits while you're still in this corrupt world. While you're still in this flesh, he still wants to provide for his children. He wants to take care of his, ch his children. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Hope you don't mind turning in your Bible. I, I love turning in this Bible. I love hearing those pages turn. Uh, this Bible will do a lot more preaching than I will. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. 
Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to him himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. <laughs> we are accepted in the beloved. We are accepted unto him because we are his children. We are children of the king. I'm a child of the king. All right. He is your king. He is your God. He is your creator. And you know what? He is daily watching out for you. The things that you don't even think about or the things that you don't, you don't think about breathing. You, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're just like, oh, I'm tired, and you don't even think about it, and you get out of bed, and you're just sitting there complaining about how tired you are, and you don't want to go into work, but you just woke up and breathed air again. You got, you got to wake up and breathe air. You got to speak. You get to speak to your Lord and continue that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is worthy, <laughs> because he is your provider. He's provided you with everything that you have and everything that you're going to have. And we need to remember that. You know, I, uh, I remember this when I was a young man. I, I believe I was still living at home, and, and I hadn't uh, quite moved out of the house yet. And, and, uh, but my sister, uh, Rebecca, was a blessing to me because I had just was going through my closet, and there was a couple of shirts I had. I'm like, oh, these shirts are getting old. I'm tired of wearing the same shirts. I got the same shirts, same ties, and, and just something simple. I was just like, man, I wish I could have some, I wish I could get some new shirts, and didn't really say anything about it, didn't say anything more about it, just a thought that I had, something I just kind of was thinking about, and, and it just happened to be that a couple of days later, my sister shows up and says, hey, I bought these shirts for, for Bo, and they didn't fit him, so do you want these? I said, I could have taken them back, but do you want these? And I was like, absolutely. And, you know, and I sit there, and I think back, like, that's the Lord answering a thought, something that I, I needed or I desired. And the Lord has said, I can take care of that. I can do that for you. And it's, it's those little things that just make you trust him all the more that he's going to take care of you. He's going to provide everything that you need and will have need. He will, because he is your provider God. And you know what the great thing about our God is? Is that when he gives things to us, when we know it's from the Lord, you know what doesn't come with it? Turn over to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. You're going to have to forgive me because I have no idea how much time I have. I didn't even look at the clock when I started, but Lord willing, we're on track. But uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10, look at verse 22. You know what the great thing about our God is that when he gives us something, he gives us something, there's no strings attached. <laughs> you don't have to worry about him giving you something and just going to pull it out from under you when you're not looking or not thinking about it. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. says, The blessings of the Lord it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. You don't have to worry about when something comes from the Lord. You don't have to worry about that being taken away or, or being a negative aspect to that. You know, so many times when people say, say nice things or they give us things and you kind of have that in the thought in the back of your head, okay, well, what does this person want? 
Why is this person giving me this? Uh, nothing's for free. This costs money. What, what's going on here? Or maybe you think, well, now that they got me something, I owe them something, right? You owe them something. And, uh, and, and maybe next time you're just constantly thinking, well, they got me this, so now I got to think of a better gift to get them next round. But we, we don't have to deal with that with the Lord. He wants to give something to you because you're his child and he wants to take care of you. He wants to love you. Just like when I'm taking care of my kids, when I'm taking care of, oh, sorry, one kid, my daughter, when she wants something, when she wants something, I want to give her that thing. You know why? Because I know if it'll make her happy. And that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to be able to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to make you happy. He wants to give you pleasure in this life. He wants you to live abundantly. He doesn't want to withhold things from you. Now, he will for your benefit, but he wants to bless you. He is worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be served because he is our great provider. And not only does he give you things that you need and provide you with things and it has no strings attached, he even blesses you when you don't deserve it. (laughs) We won't turn there. I don't know what, uh, we're not going to turn there, but Jonah in chapter four, if we look at verses one through six, we look at Jonah and after everything that he had, had gone through and, and preaching to Nineveh, and you know what? He, he got upset with God. You know why? Because he knew God was merciful. <laughs> he, God, I knew you were merciful, God. I knew that you would, you would let these people go. And, and that's what God did is for a time, he withheld his punishment towards Nineveh, that wicked city. And Jonah was upset with him, and he was upset. You know what? He sat down and and was throwing a big fit, and you know what the Lord did? He still sent him a gourd for shade (laughs) when he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve that shade after talking to God the way that he did, after realizing how merciful God has been in your life and how merciful he's been in his life and how merciful of a God. He knew how merciful God was, and he was upset with God's mercy (laughs) because because he didn't think someone deserved it. But yeah, he, he still gave him some shade. He still blessed him. Well, you and I, when we, when we keep falling back into that trap of that same sin that we keep falling back in, and we keep, and by the way, we don't just fall into those sins, we choose them. We choose those sins, and I think about how, how in the world, how could God send his son to die on the cross for our sins, knowing for those who would accept his son and accept Jesus Christ as personal savior, savior and still go back to sin. But you know what? Because of his grace and because of his mercy, he still blesses you. He's blessing you and, and hoping that that blessing will turn you back to his goodness and say, you know what? Hey, listen, it's still better on this side. Come back to me. I can bless you. I can do far better things for you than this world has to offer. Just come back to me. Come back to me. My blessings are far better. And you know what? They have no sorrow with it. You know, for a time, you may think that the world has something for you. For a time, you think that maybe some of this money is going to be worth it. I can have a nicer car, a nicer house. And, and some of that stuff will, will benefit you a little bit in the short run. But you know what happens? It comes with sorrow. Why is there so many suicides out there with, with wealthy people? Because it's not enough. It's never enough. But you get no sorrow when it comes from the Lord. <laughs> there is no sorrow that comes with it. He is worthy to be served because he is our provider. <laughs> he is worthy. <laughs> I'm going to finish up here. 
He's worthy to be served, number one, because he is our creator. He's our creator God. (laughs) He's worthy to be served because he didn't just create us and give us a free will, and we chose to turn away from him and and chose sin, but he also is our redeemer, God. (laughs) He is our redeemer. He sent the most precious thing he had, and he sent that and put put that man on the cross to die for us. And he is our provider. Why are we here tonight? Why, you know, so many times, I don't think we get revival by preaching about revival. If you just preach about revival, that's not how you're going to get revival. (laughs) You want to get, if you want revival, you need to find your why you serve the Lord. You, why, why do you serve the Lord? Because he is worthy. He is your creator, redeemer, and he's your provider. Even when we don't deserve it. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our preaching. He's worthy of our testimony. He's worthy of everything that we can give him in our lives. When we get back to that, come back to that point of why we serve him, because he's worthy, (laughs) that's where you're going to find revival. That's where you're going to find God waiting for you, saying, hey, I've been waiting for you. (laughs) I've been waiting for you. (laughs) And you remember that he's worthy, and you can just fall into his arms and say, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We are created beings designed to give him pleasure. That's why he's worthy. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead, preacher.